thinking like where I was and thinking how helpless and just like you're, you, put, you put yourself in that permanent stance of I'm never going to heal. I really had to slow down and reevaluate what I was because my same thoughts were creating the same experiences and the same emotions and everything was just beginning to cycle itself. The biggest thing is to not the cliche of never give up, but you really know that you are capable of healing. And I know that coming from somebody that was deemed impossible to heal, that was shunned off by medical teams, when you think there's no more doors, you go and build one and knock it down because there is plenty of ways to heal, even if somebody says you can't. There is always hope, and you are not alone. Hi, I'm Christabel Braden, and this is my brain injury podcast, Hope Survives. Here, we share information, education, and support for the brain injury community. This is an uplifting podcast to bring hope to your darkest days. As a survivor of traumatic brain injury and multiple concussions, I know what it's like to struggle to find hope. I don't want anyone to feel as alone as I did. And that's why I started my online community called Hope After Head Injury. This podcast is an extension of that, and I'd love to invite you to join along as we explore the realities of life with brain injury with messages of encouragement, interviews with doctors and professionals, and survivor stories. No matter where you're at on your journey, there is always hope. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Hope Survives Podcast. Last week, we had an amazing conversation with Natasha Wilch on the autonomic nervous system recovery. Your autonomic nervous system controls your breath, your heart rate, all these automatic things that we don't necessarily think about, but can be disrupted after a brain injury. And I shared that dysautonomia, which is dysfunction of this autonomic system, is a major part of my brain injury recovery puzzle, so to say. And finding out that the autonomics was a big part of my uh, deficits and a big part of my symptoms has helped me to move forward in my recovery, I would argue, probably in some of the most significant ways. Because the autonomic system affects you day in and day out. Like it's that constant fatigue and that constant exhaustion and constantly feeling out of breath. I just for so long thought I was just out of shape. And it turns out that it was actually my autonomic system was dysregulated. And so I had exercise intolerance. So it was, it was a really great episode, and if you missed it, definitely check that out. I also highly recommend the episode earlier on in this season with Dr. Mark Heisig on exercise intolerance. That would be worth going back and listening to as well. 
if you can relate to any of those things. Now, today we have a very inspirational story from a survivor, Nick Krantz. He also has experienced similar things, and today he's going to share his story, and wow, is he a warrior. You are about to be encouraged by this. He has had so many concussions in the teens. He's had multiple injuries. He ran an online training nutrition coaching business until his second TBI in 2019 caused his life to take a term. And over the last two years, he's or two or three years over the last uh, since his injury in 2019, he has been working to overcome PCS and he's found a lot of success in finding different avenues to help with his symptoms. And so sit back and enjoy the survivor story today. And I just want to thank Nick for coming on. I know that you are going to be really blessed by this. I started Hope After Head Injury 10 years ago, and it has grown into a global online support community. You can get involved and check out more of the online resources we have available at hopeafterheadinjury.com. Connect with survivors, caregivers, and family members through our Zoom meetings, our Facebook support group, or the Brain Injury Bible Study Group. I remember what it's like to feel so alone with brain injury. And my goal with these groups is for you to know that you are not alone and to be able to connect with others going through similar circumstances. We are in this together. Now I want to thank you for listening to the podcast and remind you that this podcast is for education and informational purposes only and not intended for medical advice. If you need specific medical advice, please consult your physician. Now, thanks for listening, and let's get on with the show. Today, I'm so excited to welcome Nick Krantz to Hope Survives Podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Nick. Thank you. I'm glad we can finally do this. Oh, me too. We've been trying to do this for a couple couple months now, and I'm so excited to talk to NeuroFit Nick. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you. I know life happens, and I'm glad we're able to connect. Yeah. So share a little bit about yourself. I'll do my best to keep it as short and quick as I can, a little bit about my brain injury stories. Um, so I grew up, didn't play sports. I was a skater boy. So you would think that maybe that's when head injuries would started, but it wasn't. Uh, finally get talked into playing football in high school. And, you know, I had my run of injuries, but it wasn't the brain injuries still didn't happen yet. Um, ended up going to college right down the street. Um, and this was 2011 that you know, it was still really early on that all of a sudden we started to have to do these concussion tests and we all knew the answers to them so that if anything happened, we could pass the test, uh, basically. So we cheated the system and I had had my first hit, uh, in practice one time, just a head to head. And I finally saw purple and I go to the sideline. I'm like, Hey, um, I think I saw purple. And my buddies are like, oh, dude, you're good, man. You're good. I'm like, yeah, you're right. So, of course, what do you do? You don't you don't say anything. And then two days later, we had a 14-hour bus trip up to 
uh, upper peninsula in Michigan, which is like Canada. And uh, I couldn't understand why I wasn't getting excited for the game. Like there was no emotion. I was literally a walking ghost. Uh, and this ended up leading to second impact syndrome and was my first TBI. And I didn't know any better. Um, it wasn't until somebody had to like, like, as you see in the last play um, that I'm on the field, that everybody's going to the right and my body just falls to the left. But, you know, I just slowly slug back up and get to the sideline. Um, and of course my buddy sees me halfway on the field and goes and helps me off. But, you know, you don't think any better because you're wired just to say, yeah, I'm just going to keep playing. Um, however, that wasn't the last time I would try and play football. I, of course, not thinking is right because I thought at that point that football was going to be my life. Um, I had my oldest son in high school, so I thought this was my only way out. Um, and so every time I tried to come back, little bumps, they just turned into bigger concussions. So I ended up with seven and a TBI and I retired uh, a year early. So as I transitioned out of uh, that, I was ended up coaching my last couple of years at in college and, you know, but I needed a job. So I ended up working at a juvenile jail, still trying to figure out what I'm doing with my life. But I always loved the mentorship in that um, aspect. Uh, but I also had five concussions there over a span of five or six years, not from any like fights or anything. It was literally from the dumbest things like a basketball. Uh, uh, the doors are not not light there. They're very heavy. So an accidental door. Uh, an elbow, like things like that. And so, you know, what I've always been think since it was my, you know, 12, 13th, as time went on, I was like, okay, I'll just walk, I'll rest, I'll recover. There you go. Um, but then as I uh, uh, kind of fast forward to get start my online business in 2018, started just doing nutrition coaching and, um, you know, December, 2019 comes around and all of a sudden I have my, my second TBI and, and I've never thrown up from a, a head injury before. I've never had any type of like, like it was almost like my soul was sucked from my life when it happened. I knew something was different and I've never experienced something like that. Um, so to put it like the last two and a half years have really felt like seven, um, as, as I, I could try and go into it, but it was, you know, a, a, a long battle of, trying to go to, um, I ended up going to six to seven doctors that finally were, were able to give me answers. Um, so this is right at the beginning of, you know, the C word that, you know, so I like was confused. Like I couldn't go to therapy all of a sudden um, because I started a concussion clinic, but, you know, I'm trying to navigate all these symptoms. I'm like, okay, I could do this. Just, I just don't understand why I can't drive in a car all of a sudden that I'm having vision issues that um, my heart is like, it's not anxiety. It feels like my heart's about to explode. Um, my light is way more sensitivity, more sensitive than it has ever been. Um, but you know, I, I, as soon as they, I went back to go past their little test, uh, I just basically was better than the first time I went and they said, you're good to go. But I, I knew something was still off. Um, and then two months after I got out of that, me and my brother-in-law were setting up a, a ceiling fan in the master bedroom. And, it couldn't make this up, but it fell on my head, uh, which, uh, you know, at that point, you just go to the ER, make sure nothing's structurally wrong. They just said, okay, you have a concussion. Like, thanks. This is not my first rodeo and on with, on with my life basically. Um, but my health rapidly declined again. It, and it just, it kept this continual battle of, uh, creating new symptoms. And, um, you know, as, as a fast forward to probably, 
eight months, almost a year ago, finding out that, okay, well, finally got the right functional testing. I had um, got a small intestinal bacterial overgrowth in my gut. I had uh, bacterial meningitis infection in my brain. I developed celiac disease, which I kind of knew something was going on because I couldn't really digest any gluten. And it felt like I was hung over anytime I would try and eat ice cream or uh, donuts or any type of just, you know, oats, anything. Um, I had dysautonomia, which totally, of course, made sense. Um, and, you know, that's like, okay, well, I was able to understand that. So now I could finally start to heal. Um, but it wasn't really till you know, February of this year that I finally was able to break through PCS. And it was really just through everything <laughs> with diet, nutrition, uh, movement, uh, you know, of course, vestibular therapy, EMDR, still going to counseling every week. Um, but it was really the mindful practices uh, and, and brain training of rewiring my subconscious to finally break through when I thought I was never, ever going to see any light again. Um, you know, after two TBIs and 17 concussions, I'm, I'm still kicking. It's about <laughs> as quick as I, I, could, I could do it. Thanks, Nick. That is incredible to hear your story and where you are now. I can relate. I've had over a dozen concussions documented. I think I've had more than that. Um, because again, like you said, just the silliest things, just, you know, after the first TBI, my balance was so bad. So I would just fall and I had no spatial awareness. So I just hit my head and I had undiagnosed vestibular system issues and dysautonomia for so many years. And it's like, once you finally get those pieces into play, once you finally start to recognize, like you talked about the nutrition and the autonomic, and once, once those pieces finally start to get into play, it completely changes the trajectory of your recovery. So do you want to talk a little bit about the last couple years? I know you shared a lot of living with PCS for, for a lot of your journey and keep hitting your head, and, but the last couple years since 2019 where it really took that turn, can you go into more details about some of the symptoms that you experienced? And then I want to talk about what things have, have helped you and go into more detail on that. Yeah, so you know when it first started, I noticed something was extremely wrong because one, I threw up. So I said, okay, this is, this is bad. But as I started to just try and even get in the car, it was like, like I was getting pulled and tugged from left and right. And all of a sudden I'm like, I started backing up and I said, I need to go back in. Like, I can't drive. Something's not right. So, Hey, can, you know, ask my wife if she could help drive uh, my oldest to school. And I'm sitting here in the passenger seat thinking like, Oh my gosh, like, I need to get out. Like, so it was like my body was just floating and it just felt sick. If I couldn't, I didn't want to look, I didn't want to, it, it feels like forever ago, but I can still feel every bit of that just like discomfort. Um, and just like floating in my head with no, just like swimming and, and not like treading water, um, because treading water sucks. Uh, but that's really what it felt like. And so, you know, after getting the corrected through vestibular therapy, um, still knowing that something was off. Uh, and especially after the fan hit, I started to realize that, okay, I'm my, even if I'm still working with my vision that, uh, you know, I'm still feeling extremely fatigued. Uh, I still feel a lot of pressure in my head. Uh, I'm still waking up very dis disoriented. Like it's just a constant hangover and I didn't get a chance to party at all. Um, and, you know, by the time 
December when it comes up on a year that I am just in the worst shape of my life. I, and I'm like, I have to go back to the uh, concussion clinic because I can start there. I know hopefully they could just redirect me to somewhere else because this was a highly regarded facility and you know, they, they know what they're doing. This is going to be, it's going to be fine. Um, so I started doing some research and I started listening to some podcasts and I'm like, okay, uh, I start getting all these questions prepared with, you know, seeing the brain gut connection that, okay, if I have a, a brain injury that your gut can become permeable really quick, um, you know, within 30 minutes. So I'm like, okay, I'll be sure to ask him that. And so as I get there, you know, and basically ask these questions, they just look, you know, look at me like, I'm like one trying to show them up Two that, you know, they didn't tell me that they didn't have the answer. They were just kind of saying, no, I don't think that's true and kind of shunned me out and walked out. So I said, okay, that's when I felt that motion of like, you know, like if this isn't, if this isn't the place, like I'm still going to go through with the therapy because I know it'll help a little bit, but like, I'm about to show, they're about to see that I'm still not going to get better. Um, and so as I went through the therapy, um, I was still, I actually regressed on this time because there was still a whole host of things that was just beginning to <laughs> manifest itself inside my body. Uh, and, you know, this is when the, the medical team pulled me aside and said, you know, I just think, you know, it's probably all in your head and that maybe you should just, you know, see a therapist and, you know, I just, mm. maybe we can just get back to you in about six months and we could try again then. How frustrating. And, but he's like, well, you know, when you start to turn 40, that your balance can go. I'm like, dude, I just turned 30. What do you mean by the time I turn 40? That's a decade. Um, so basically just trying to, you know, put his uh, perception on how he would view it and just try and make me feel better. Cause you know, I'm like, no. So I, you know, I just left there just so angry. So just like ready for revenge. Like I'm about to show them, um, you know, and that turned into a huge downward of just, depression over the last, like the next two weeks, um, you know, and you, you just start thinking like, okay, maybe they were right. Maybe I won't get better. Um, and then, you know, I start to think like, maybe it's just time to, that I'm just, you know, becoming a burden on my family that I just don't think that I even want to, I want to be here anymore. Um, and so there was a point that I had, had honestly planned to take my life on February 18th, 2020 one. And it was just a day that I just said, you know what? I saw a sign and it just said like, you need to just go look in this one book. Like it was the most strangest thing. And I, I came inside and I went to this concussion rescue book with, you know, Dr. Raymond and I started flipping around and it was like, just, you know, start, go get your testosterone checked. I'm like, why didn't I think of that? I'm like, I should know this things, but I'm like, you know, when your brain is sick and you, you don't think straight, you know, so that was, that was just, as you talked about that puzzle, like you're looking at this cloud of unknown puzzle and you're trying to just find what pieces to put anywhere, but you don't even know where to start. Um, and you know, my, I get my testosterone checked by a different third party place because my primary wouldn't, because he said, I'm still young and healthy I said, awesome. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it turns out it was at 275 and, you know, in range is still 200 to 1100 so that I had the my primary said I was okay anyways. Um, so basically that was one start to piece to the puzzle to get my, you know, start to rebalance my hormones, but that still didn't, you know, as I started to do that started to regress because still there was something else I go in and finally, uh, reach out to Dr. Chu, who is, um, Dr. Titus Chu. I was just like, I need the best post concussion syndrome doctor there is. And 
you know, I get my gut, uh, my GI map ran and that's when all the, the bacteria in my gut began to show up. And I'm like, wow, I could actually see this. We could actually set up a plan. And, you know, I began to work on my gut, which then helped, you know, the inflammation in my brain and the inflammation in my, my gut and, you know, with, and even the infections in, in both. Um, but it still turns out like there was still, there was still a missing piece. So, you know, so you get later in, in 2021 and it's like, what is going on? Like, I'm still not healthy. I'm still not there. Um, and, and, you know, go to this other functional medicine doctor close by and, you know, she begins to just, you know, really just start doing more just acupuncture, um, just, you know, reminding me about just more, uh, mindful practices and, and just really putting everything back together with, you know, the brain and the gut. And, um, as I, you know, turn the calendar at the beginning of the year, I started to just, you know, spiral back into my thoughts and out of control. And, um, what I think now is I, I basically put myself in such a overdrive of stress and in thinking that I was going to have a seizure. Cause I started feeling my, these shocks in the, in the top of my head. And I'm like, okay, like just do it already. Like I feel it, like just do it. Um, but you know, as I'm, I'm basically like feeling it and provoking it, like basically just issuing my, my, my brain and nervous system to do it. And so, and uh, it was like February 2nd or 4th or something that I was just closing a door and immediately I just, I, it was like a zap and I, I blacked out and I hit the floor and, um, I was, I immediately was like confused. It was just a quick, like blackout never happened before. I said, well, I guess we have to go to the ER, um, because I don't know, just to check. Um, but you know, knowing how the ER goes, I don't like to go, uh, they're not going to give me the answers, uh, but just to have it on file. And so it was really the moment that I sat and I, I laid in the, in the, in the bed. I'm like, I cannot do this anymore. Like there is, there is nothing about this. And I am done being like the sick Nick, like, and it was like, I, I needed this puzzle piece that I felt like I was so close, but then like, I regressed like, you know, 10 million steps. I had been listening to a lot of Joe Dispenza's stuff with, you know, we are the placebo breaking the habit of, of uh, being yourself. And, you know, when I was listening to him who had had a TBI and, and helped restructure his subconscious and, and body when they told him that he was just basically going to be in a wheelchair for the rest of his life. Um, and he said that, you know, if, if thoughts can make you sick, then thoughts can make you heal. And so I began to do, you know, for the last two and a half years, I had been trying to find myself as, as something with concussions, you lose your lack of identity. So if I keep looking backwards and trying to find who I was, you know, trying to, you know, pivot my business when I can barely even like move up and down the house, uh, like without help sometimes. And, and, you know, showering is a, is a hassle. I still have to pretend like to the world that I'm, you know, kind of okay, but you know, it's, it's, it's just a back, a lot of back and forth. And when he says like, it's not about looking back, it's, it's about creating who you want to be. And so as you, you know, as you wake up and you start these meditations while you're still able to basically manipulate your subconscious, that I was basically starting to create, like, I need to kill the sick Nick and create the Nick 2.0 that I want to become. And so I did these meditations for four days 
I kept doing them. But for the fourth day on the, on the fifth day, when I woke up, I said, yesterday, I did not have any PCS symptoms. And so I didn't say anything for a week because I didn't want to jinx it, but it was having the ability to be consciously aware of my, my thoughts being present in the moment and not projecting what is going to happen next. That if I had a head bump, that all of a sudden I'm going to basically kickstart my inflammation by even just thinking about it because it was been so susceptible from being hit so many times that I can, you can literally think and, and it, your body can cause the stress response by thought and condition itself to already be inflamed. And so being able to allow those thoughts to come in as thinking about sick Nick, basically like, Oh no, you're going to be tired. Oh no, it's the light. Oh no, it's this, it's that, it's that, you know, being able to just let them pass by and be like, Nope, I'm safe. I'm calm. I'm, I'm, I'm healing. I'm in the present moment, start, you know, looking around and basically doing the five senses and just basically just allowing myself to breathe. Um, and you know, I haven't had PCS symptoms since I've had another concussion (laughs) since, but the symptoms haven't come back. Um, it has been a, you know, a push and tug battle sometimes of allowing sick Nick to basically, you know, as I label him to come back and take over, um, you know, it's like, I, I just can't allow myself to go down to what the road was. And that, that's why I said that the last two years have felt like seven from how many different variations of like me that I've seen and like the, just the constant peaks and valleys of my health. And now it's like, I, I, I feel like I have control um, and that's, that's all we crave, especially in these conditions, but um, it's no easy road, period. Wow. I'm just, I'm so glad you came on the podcast. I, <laughs> I knew a little bit of your story just from like chatting on Instagram or seeing some of your things, but I didn't realize all of this. This is incredible to hear. And well, you literally, well, you literally just shared a success story of what I tell my listeners every week. Like there's so much that you can do to help and you don't have to listen when the doctors are like, you know, certain doctors that might like gaslight you and say, Oh, you're fine. Or you're not going to get better. I I'm so proud of you. Like, I just feel like as a fellow survivor, like, look at you. That's incredible. And what you were just talking about, I don't know if you've read any of Dr. Caroline Leaf's work. I think Mm -hmm. you'd like her. She talks a lot about how your thoughts have the power to heal your brain. And and she has research that shows that your thoughts can actually restructure your brain. And she, back in the like 80s, 90s, she was one of the first doctors to work on neuroplasticity in TBI. And so she paved the way for that so much. And I've read some of her work and I've tried to incorporate that into my life. She has a book switch on your brain. She also has a new one cleaning up the mental mess mm-hmm. talking about, you know, how your thoughts have the power to rewire your brain physically. And it's it's so interesting the power of of thought and of mindset. It's wild. I that's that was like the only thing I needed to hear was that <laughs> my thoughts can basically heal my brain. And I was like, okay. And I'm like, wait a minute, this guy did it. And he has stories and in, in science behind it. It's like, okay, this is all I needed to see. And so I'm sitting there like I said, like I'm in the hospital bed with the audible on my like chest and continuing to listen to the book. And I'm like, this is it. Like I have it. I, I, and you know, woke up the next morning. I said, I am taking control. Um, and 
it's just because we live in such a world of distraction that a lot of us struggle to just even want to connect with ourselves because, you know, we just, we have to stay up to date on the newest the posts and in the news and, you know, who, who do I need to message and who do I need to talk to? It's like the moment we are able to allow ourselves to sit with ourselves and hear us the thoughts that we have, because a lot of them are scary. And yes, you have to face all the other traumas that you've been through. Um, and that was a big part of, I think, why uh, this injury had become so damaged because all the traumas that uh, I kind of had to heal myself um, from childhood to, uh, you know, my dad's death to, you know, everything that I had experienced that I just was the person to go to uh, after a tragedy to be like, yeah, I'm good. I'll make you laugh. Uh, I just had to keep, you know, the family afloat and just keep pushing forward. Um, but realize that you have to process these emotions um, and these thoughts and it's not easy. <laughs> um, but your thoughts are more powerful than beyond belief. And said, I can show and say my story to put me over the edge. It was the hippie stuff that I would have said two years ago was, yeah, okay. But now it's a part of my life. <laughs> yeah, that's incredible. And, you know, things like getting your testosterone checked and your hormones checked and realizing how hormones play a role. I mean, I mean, that's something that I don't think enough people talk about, especially men. I think for women, we have a different sense of our hormones because it affects us monthly all the time. Mm -hmm. Like we're always like we understand that our, our cycle and our hormones play a role in, in how we feel physically. So I think maybe as it's still overlooked for women, but I think that it's talked about maybe a little bit more than it is for men. Yeah, that's true. Um, and it, I think there was a stat I saw, it was like by 2050, it's possible that like one in almost one men will have um, like low T and it's, it's a lot to do with just, you know, the lifestyle and literally the nutrition lifestyle diet, you name it. Um, and so when anybody like, you know, like I said, like even asking my primary who, you know, I didn't really have a primary after college because I just went to their doctor. Um, but you know, you don't have that relationship if you don't, but when I asked them, it's like, no, you're young. Like, but why, why can't I just know my numbers anyways? Even if it was just like out of the blue, like what's the point in just running it anyways. And to have to beg for that, it's like, you don't realize, especially for, for guys, like when your T is low, like how low has it been? And especially when you have a brain, brain injury in in this top of your, your head, that's going to influence your hormones and downregulate them. Like it's a huge deal. And I felt a huge boost in my life, you know, for that, you know, month of like, Oh my gosh, like I'm coming back. Um, of course, you know, my, my body decided to take over cause it still wasn't ready to heal yet with everything else going on, but it's, it's a huge, it's a huge game changer. Um, that was a big start. That was a huge start to my recovery process. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. And I'd love to ask you about two other pieces, the nutrition piece and also the autonomic nervous system regulation piece. So would you yes. mind sharing about those as well? So definitely with, with the nutrition, um, I had to totally change everything because, you know, I had developed the celiac, so I couldn't sadly eat normal things. And it wasn't, it wasn't until about, I'd say, you know, a year and a half ago that I'm like, I have to go gluten-free because you know, I can't eat the ice cream with, you know, you guys at night anymore. Like I'm waking up thinking like I was in Vegas for like, you know, uh, for like three days. It's like, why do, why should I feel like this? Um, you know, so I really had to go on this, this started this AIP diet. It's an autoimmune paleo diet. 
And, you know, I've been on it ever since, you know, probably for the last year and a half. Um, but especially when you are experiencing any type of, you know, neuroinflammation and especially when you know that the brain and the gut are connected in such a uh, intimate way that you, you have to reduce inflammation in the gut. And so basically it's like, you're not, you're the big thing that the AIP diet does is it focuses on gut health, nutrient density. You have to regulate your blood sugar balance, especially for your, you have to do that for your brain. And of course you have to work on the immune system. So basically um, what I eat is pretty, it's as simple as you can get. Um, and people think, Oh, well, what do you eat now? But you know, I can still make cookies with, you know, coconut sugar, coconut flour, cassava flour. I can still eat all the good stuff. I have to be mindful of the sugars, but it's like now I eat to nourish my body and my brain because I know if, if I'm going to eat anything outside or just more of like the, the dates that I have or um, like raisin, anything that's more on the natural sugar side that it can totally cause some inflammation. And then that's, that's on me. Yeah. Have you tried monk fruit? I have not. Monk fruit is a great sweetener. Um, so I'll a lot of that. keto people use it because it actually doesn't spike your blood sugar. You have to use less uh, than like if you're going to sub monk fruit in for sugar, because I used to just use coconut sugar as well, like something mm -hmm. natural or honey or maple syrup. But those even still cause a blood sugar spike. And like you mentioned, after eating ice cream, you feel like you were hungover from being in Vegas. I started to notice every time I had sugar... First of all, you don't think it's a big deal. So you're just like, oh, yeah. I'm just hanging out with with my family or with my friends. And like, I'll just have some ice cream or whatever. And like, but I noticed a pattern because I had reduced my sugar intake that whenever I would have sugar the next day, I'd wake up with a headache every single time. And then and then I think back and I wonder for how many years I thought those were just PCS headaches. And then realizing like it sugar is actually an extreme headache trigger for me probably mm -hmm. for a lot of people too. And so monk fruit has been great in home baking. Um, so you, you can look it, look it up, but you have to sub uh, less because it's a lot sweeter than sugar. Um, so it's actually sweeter, but it doesn't spike your blood sugar. So if you put too much monk fruit in, it'll be like, oh, that's kind of gross. It's so yeah. too sweet. Yeah. So you have to find the right ratio. But um, and that's what people don't understand. They hear you need to go gluten and dairy free and release lo lower your sugars. And they think, oh, so you're saying I have to live a miserable life. And it's like, no, you can have dark chocolate. You can make homemade baked goods like there's a lot more options out there. It doesn't mean you have to you know, be miserable, but yeah. <laughs> somebody asked me that when you realize, especially as a brain injury survivor, like for me, what really did it was I, if I can do anything in my power that can make my brain better, why would I not do it? Absolutely. And I, that, that I said, when somebody asked me the other day, they're like, asked me how I was doing and I hadn't seen them in a while. It's like, Oh, well, you know, what do you, you, you can you even eat anything? I'm like, Yes. Like I have, I eat, like, I love it. Like I love the foods I eat. Um, and yeah, I can still have the sweets and they taste that much sweeter. Um, but until like, you know, going back as I, you know, when I used to coach like, you know, more fat loss clients and general pop, it's like, you know, no, no, no restrictions, you know, don't worry. It's like eat, you know, eat whatever you want, you know, stuff like that. And I sit here now, I'm like, it's totally shifted. Like I, it's, Will this food activity, whatever, the decision now is, will it make my brain feel better or will it make it feel worse? And that's it. Like, yeah. there's no more like, 
in between, like it has become <laughs> a lot easier to say yes to things and no to things. Yeah. Oh, exactly. And I think it's Dr. Amen that says that. He says, you know, every decision I make, like I open the fridge and or what, wherever I am, I think, is this going to make my brain better or worse? Because there's nothing neutral. It's nothing. like it's like whatever you do is either going to make it your brain or your body better or worse. And it's like mm-hmm. and if you're consistently making choices that make it worse, well, you're going to feel terrible. That's the way it goes. Yeah. And I, I see a lot of, you know, some of the coaches and nutrition coaches in the space, like try and rag on Daniel Amen because he talked Dr. Daniel Amen because he talks about like, you know, sugar and things that are bad. Like he's talking about bad for the brain. He's not talking yeah. about the general, you know, pop. Like this is, he's talking about the longevity of the most important organ in our body. Um, and it, as I said, it's just made decisions a whole lot easier. <laughs> That's good. All right. So uh, the last piece I want, I want to hit on is nervous system regulation and your autonomic nervous system. So what are some things that have helped you to regulate your ANS? Well, and like you said, like you were undiagnosed for years and you're just trying to figure out what it even is. And I was the same way of trying to realize like, I think the the, the biggest part when I realized that I was like living in the, the flight or fight is uh, we were at this family party and all of a sudden we heard like uh, somebody get injured and like, you know, somebody called 911 and you know, working in the, the juvenile jail for so many years, like you always have to be on your feet, you know, you, you get in a, you know, a, a takedown or kids, everything. So I, I'm, I was always like ready to go and like in a good way, like, um, but all of a sudden like that happened and my body went like in shock and I dropped my phone and I just remember feeling like helpless. And I'm like, okay, like my stress response is, is way higher than it's ever been. Um, and that had to do a lot with, you know, the inflammation and, once I heard about trying to, you know, okay, well, what about the vagus nerve? I'm like, okay, well, what, what can I do about it? Um, and so, you know, the, being able to regulate it was basically just learning how to stimulate my, my vagus nerve, um, you know, because it connects to all the automatic um, organs in your body. And so it's like, okay, well, what can I do to help stimulate my, my vagus nerve? Um, because, you know, when you, when it is stimulated, it will, you know, cause a basically just a reducing stress and there's different ways to do it which kind of when i had posted a couple of videos of it the other day um but what helped me most was the just the cold shower slash emergence emerging in the water is a lot um more challenging but it's actually more beneficial than the cold shower um activating the gag reflex and gargling like when you're brushing your teeth you know basically you can do it in the morning and at night um, and just singing or yelling and humming and chanting, um, like the Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, and I, I noticed that it was started to really, you know, help with just all of my, my rapid heartbeats getting up and not feeling dizzy with, um, just, just everything that was feeling off with my, my, my temperature and just regulating and having doing it and then stop doing it. It's like a muscle. So if you don't, continue to practice and exercise your vagus nerve that you will basically, you can fall back into the, the fight or flight because that's what your body could, especially in my case was programmed for, for, you know, a good two years. Um, and so being able to just same with the mindfulness practice of, of getting outside, getting in nature, and then meditation has been huge for me. That's awesome. I love it. And we actually just had an episode about the autonomic nervous system, uh, air. And so, I 
I love hearing all these things that we have learned or, or we talk about on the podcast put into practice. You know, it's one thing to hear clinicians say, oh, you should do cold water immersion or you should do humming or you should do gargling or you should do deep breathing. And it's another thing to hear you say, I did these things and now I feel way better. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like, okay, well, somebody can tell you, but have you done it? Like, does it, does it work? How do you know? Like, it's like until you, what works for somebody else might not work for you, but until you think all the weird things that I would have never thought was doing that I had to come across and learn, like, okay, I'll do When you're at the point of, I just will do whatever to get my life back. You'll try all the things that deem weird. Um, but lo and behold, they're actually extremely beneficial. Um, and these <laughs> things all cost free 99. You don't need a prescription <laughs> exactly. form or anything. Like you can just do them. Um, and it's just being conscious, learning about it and then putting it into practice. Yeah. That's amazing. So if you could say like one, one piece of advice for somebody listening, who's had symptoms for a while or a family member on listening on behalf, like what would be the advice that you would give them? You know, of course, thinking like where I was and thinking how helpless and just like you're, you put, you put yourself in that permanent stance of I'm never going to heal. So when I learned that my thoughts were that powerful and that could really invoke a chemical neuro response in my body, I really had to slow down and reevaluate what I was because my same thoughts were creating the same experiences and the same emotions and everything was just beginning to cycle itself. The moment you look forward and saying that I want to be healthy, there's a huge gap. And all of a sudden you're like, nope, that's too far for me. I don't want to go. Um, you have to start living like you are. Um, that doesn't mean like going out and doing normal things, but once you believe, fully believe and act and start to stack in each of those habits and behaviors that, you know, wh whether it's said like the, the vagus nerve exercises or just like being more mindful and eating a little healthier, like all of a sudden you start to stack up these little, uh, these habits that continue to slowly pile up, your body will start to believe it. Um, and trust me, I was deemed as I was never going to heal. And it, it might not be tomorrow. It might not be in a week, but you have to keep fighting. <laughs> day in and day out. Um, but it all starts with staying in the present moment. Um, looking too far causes anxiety, looking back causes depression. So stay present, stay positive and keep putting in the work because you will heal. I love that. And I've been going through a personal journey similarly of I've lived for so long, sick, 14, over 14 years that, that now that it's like, do I even know how to live healthy? Do I even like I've gotten so comfortable being sick and having symptoms that like I'm really recently this has been like a personal journey and a, and a big part of my faith journey as well over the last couple of months of like, do I want to be healed? Right. Do I want to live healthy? What does that look like for me? How do I even mm -hmm. do that? And a lot of it has been changing how I think. And, and I'm a Christian. So a big part of that is my faith and going like. Do I believe God can and will heal me? And there's a part where it's like, part of it is like, I believe he, he can, but I don't believe he will. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and so I've been like, I've been confronted with my own personal struggles in that. And something I've been working on is exactly what you said on not sick Christabel, 
I don't want to be sick, Christabel, anymore. I just don't. Like, I want to be healthy, Christabel. Like, I want to wake up and feel good and and enjoy and laugh with my friends and not feel like I'm constantly in this survival mode, mm-hmm. you know? And so the pieces of what we were talking about, I think it's it's a shift from survival mode to, you know, thriving in your life. And there's so many pieces of your story that are just so inspiring to me. Like you have just like inspired me so much. And I hope, I know our listeners probably feel the same, you know, especially realizing there, like you said, free 99. That was so funny. Like there's so many things you can do. <laughs> Absolutely. And like you said there, like it, and there's something that Joe Dispenza said is that the brain would rather stay and be comfort in the discomfort and misery than go into the unknown, which would be like for us being healthy. So it would rather be familiar with the familiar of basically disaster of life to the unknown. And so it's like, once you're able to, as you said, like you want to be thriving. So as you sit and you work on those mindful practices, like, okay, like you want an abundance of health, and, and what does that feel like? And you start to envision and feel that elevated emotion. And once you're, once you're, you put the thought into practice and feel that emotion, your body is not able to decipher what is a movie or memory playing in your head to what is actually happening. Like it's all about the perception. So if you can put the thought, like how athletes visualize, like always understood that, but like, I didn't realize the power of the thought until I had to do it. Like, like seriously, and when you're able to visualize, you know, the, the healthy Christabel, what she's going to do and be able to travel and, 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 and everything that you desire, your body will begin to put itself in that state. And that's when it's a game changer, yeah. even if it is in the unknown. <laughs> yeah. And, and the autonomic nervous system is a huge part of that. Because if you're constantly stuck in flight or flight, fight or flight mode or freeze mode, right? You are constantly on edge. And so it's like when you start to heal your autonomic system and you start to regulate it, I mean, you, you just, you just live differently. You just think differently. You just flow differently through your life when you're not constantly on edge. And again, I had doctors tell me it was anxiety. It was mental, like, but it was actually my, my nervous system was dysregulated, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it's just, there's just, and I, I remember you mentioning that too. Like, oh, maybe you should just go see a therapist. Like, oh, okay. Like I'm already in counseling. So maybe, maybe they're not doing a good enough job. It's like, yeah, <laughs> could, but you know, uh, it's, so much. Yeah. All right. All right. Nick, our last, last question. Um, this is called hope survives podcast. So we're all about hope. So what is your final words of hope for our listeners? I said the, the biggest thing is to not the cliche of never give up, but you really know that you are capable of healing. And I know that coming from somebody that, that I say has healed, um, that was deemed impossible to heal, that was shunned off by medical teams and of, of the best in Ohio, that you can heal once you take your health into your responsibility, your hands, and especially your thoughts, um, and that you're not alone, especially in this, in this fight. And so, when you think there's no more doors, you go and build one and knock it down because um, there there is plenty of ways to heal, even if somebody says you can't. Incredible. Thank you so much, Nick. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah. If people want to get in touch with you, they can connect with you on Instagram at NeuroFitNick. That'd be the best place. 
yeah, best place to said messages are always open if there's anything I could do to help. Wonderful. And I highly suggest following him. I mean, if you got anything out of this episode, he is inspirational, incredible, and he shares such educational, but also just motivational content all the time. So I'm grateful for you, grateful for your work in this space. And thanks for taking the time today. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Thanks so much for tuning in to Hope Survives Podcast. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. Make sure to subscribe and stay tuned as more episodes will be coming each week. And check out hopeafterheadinjury.com for more. I'll see you next time. And remember, there's always hope.